0: Do you know the content creator, Mr. Given? Yes. Probably him. I do exactly what he did. Grinding out on Twitch is not the strategy now. There is no way that that would be the strategy. Probably something about, I would honestly say something along the lines of focusing on shorts to just get get some content out there that's actually going to get views. Because, like, you put out a YouTube video, unless it's something that no one's seen before, no one's really going to click it. No one cares about your opinion unless you're known um there's there's youtube videos guides out there way better than mine people still click mine because they know who i am right um then yeah so i would say the shorter format content is way better um at this moment for discoverability and then the hardest part is transitioning that into actual you know like a actual community
1: Importantly, are you happy? You're good.
0: No, I'm good. I'm good. Morning, everyone. It is early. It's uh, three forty-seven in the morning.
1: Oh dear Lord! The things you don't do for your community and, and BSG, man.
0: Is this where you're allowed to swear? Are you allowed to swear on this podcast or this interview?
1: Oh, you can swear if you want. Um, Top of yeah. the
0: fucking morning, everyone. Top there of the go. fucking morning.
1: Excellent. All right. Well, welcome, Pest. Welcome to Tardux and thank you for BSG for uh, for doing this. Really appreciate this. So the um, Tardox Podcast is a podcast for content creators to come on, share their stories, experiences, and advice. And I have, you know, the legend, Pastilli. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah. Happy you're here, dude. How were the holidays? Did you have a good holiday?
0: It was really good. I I was expecting a wipe to happen before, it, so then that way I was like, I was worried that, you know, I'd be busy doing uh doing wipe stuff. But, thankfully nikita decided that the day after christmas was the better date to do it so then i actually got to spend some time with my family so
1: nice and how was how was first christmas as a dad
0: Got a good good a good meal in we actually nice. um i'm actually training up for a marathon so i'm trying to eat healthy so i actually lost weight over christmas oh, i'm wow. pretty happy about that but um yeah
1: excellent all right so what we normally do is we start things off with three random questions to get the juices flowing so are you ready
0: my juices are ready
1: all right, here we go. So, toughest thing about being a dad?
0: Um, time management. The thing that, like, you know, oh, I'll just go and watch a TV show. That doesn't happen. I've, okay. I've struggled to watch any sort of TV or movies or anything since being a dad.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. All right, second question. What was the most interesting thing you saw in your trip to Texas?
0: Good question. batty batty's a legend actually is it um dude like texas was amazing it was so many cool things it it really was just chill i actually thought it would be a lot more like in the movies but it was actually a lot better uh than what i like i actually preferred if i had to go back to either san diego or texas i'd go back to texas yeah um there was so much cool stuff uh look catching up with all, all the gun nuts that was awesome um San, san antonio was a beautiful city Fuck, i don't know what, what was the question again what was the most what was the,
1: what was the most interesting thing you saw in texas
0: um, i don't know i honestly it, it was just very different uh style of life to what i'm used to
1: yeah all right and the third question real or fake christmas tree which path do you go down
0: uh i can't show you my screen behind behind me but i have a fake christmas tree okay you you can get real ones in australia but it's really messy like i don't know many people that get the real ones even though they do it every year yeah all right you see them for sale i just i don't know anyone who's bought it
1: yeah yeah like even when i had that pod with uh, the australian folks yeah there was like everybody was just fake christmas trees except for rhino that was it he had a, a real one and that that was it out of the crew
0: yeah yeah not nah, um, not one of the things that i would i would buy
1: yeah all right so last time we we chatted you know i had we had the team and no anton but he had, did have some questions for us and uh it was good to catch up with you then and, and nice to see you again dude how's everything going? Always
0: good to see you been really busy um i'm trying to just balance out life so i can actually your dad as well, I like a bit talking yeah. about that time management stuff. So um, this is the first year I've actually put a structure together of the of how I'm going to work. Yeah. Um, I'm actually not working weekends anymore. I'm, I've, I'm not doing a 9 to 5. I'm doing a 4 to 4. Yeah. So 4 a.m. to 4 p.m. is my work hours. So I'm a little bit early today. <laughs> I won't hold it against you. Um, but, yeah, 4 a.m. to 4 p.m. is my work hours. I can work every minute of those hours. But at 4 p.m. it's time to go home. Yeah. Um, and I do that Monday to Friday. So I've got a 60-hour work week. And then outside of that, it's it's time for mum and bubs pretty much. So that way I can and enjoy time with them. But in this year, uh, I'm doing the trip that I wanted to do in 2020. So the um, that was a, correct. So with with uh, we, my wife and I sat down last year and we're like, I always want to do that 2020 trip. And I'm going to be 60 years old one day going, I freaking wish I did it. So we put a plan together so how I could do my own version of it next week and uh so next week next week next year and now it's 20 now it's this year so the idea is um i'm doing three five-week trips and each of those trips are for different areas of of europe and i'm going to be going pretty hard there's a group of four of us michael my neighbor stirred which is another content creator on twitch and also a guy named jared who's a canadian lives in australia
1: oh okay so now, all right, let's talk Michael for a second. So do you think Michael had any idea what he was in for when he moved in next to you or you moved in next to him?
0: I moved in next to him. Like It wasn't like right next door. It was about, uh, you're talking feet, I don't know, a couple hundred feet down the road. Yeah. It's like a dozen houses down the road. Um, Probably not even that, actually. Um, So, yeah, Uh, to be honest, he thought I was unemployed because when I met him, I met him at a, at a it was like a music gig for Nathan Cavalieri, yeah. and uh, after more, m- we we're talking to Nathan, and his Michael and his wife were selling the merchandise for Nathan, and so then they came up and we started talking, and uh, yeah, they w- we just realised that we live re- literally right next door to each other, yeah, <clears throat> and because of that, we're like, oh, let's ha- uh, hang out. So I invited him around for a barbecue one time, and then after that, um, yeah, he just said, oh, what do you do? Oh, I play I play video games, and he goes, oh, fair enough. And we would just play board games and watch the football together. Yeah. Like, he thought I was unemployed because obviously, who the fuck right. just plays video games? Right. Um, so, yeah. And then, then slowly, the our yeah, our friendship built, and now he's <laughs> sleeping in my spare room. <laughs>
1: yeah, little did he know he'd be on camera drinking beers from all over the world, involved in skydiving adventures with a gaming chair, uh, music videos. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's been good fun.
1: Oh I, yeah, you guys play well off each other. It's it's a, it's it makes for really fun fun videos.
0: We we actually sat down last night and watched probably about three hours of YouTube videos of people that have been traveling just yeah. to get. It Wasn't even like inspiration, but just we're looking at camera angles mostly. Like yeah. how do they film it? Like what what's their filming tactics? We really want to do a good trip. Um, we're going to start a new YouTube channel for that where we're going to um, just tell a story. It's not really about you know getting views or making money or anything it's right. literally just to tell a good story um so at the end of the trip i've got the idea is to have a dozen of them a dozen yep. stories from the trip and uh just something i'm proud of a piece of work that is just yeah. if anyone was like what what have you done in your life i'd be like that's my 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 work my masterpiece
1: nice that should be good man
0: and how many not to mention all given? the other shit i've done
1: Oh God! <laughs> well, let's yeah, uh, the three work and everything. Okay, three, awesome man.
0: Three trips. Hey, do you have
1: the Do you have the areas of Europe that you're sort of targeting?
0: Literally everything. The first trip will be southeast. Yeah. Um. So everything east to Italy. So from Italy all the way down to uh Turkey, up to Ukraine, and then yeah back across to Italy. Oh, wow. So there's about there's about 15 countries in there. We'll probably get to about 12 of them. Yeah. Each trip, the aim is about to, to do about 10 to 12. Yeah. Uh after the first trip will the second trip will be mostly the northern part. So the first trip's in March April, so it's a bit bit cooler still. Um but March April sorry, the second trip will be June, July, and it'll be nice and warm. So we're gonna go to the UK, um, including Scotland. Someone's like, Are you gonna go to Scotland? I'm like, That's in the UK. Um (laughs) So go to UK, Ireland, Northern Ireland, go across to Greenland, across to Norway, Finland, Sweden, Denmark think we'll probably do Austria or Poland in that trip. Um, and that'll be about that trip. That's a, that, the problem with that trip is uh, Sweden, Finland, Norway, we've got a lot of driving to do. There's a lot of yeah. things we want to do there. Um, so we'll probably get bogged down for maybe in even 10, 15 days just on those two, for those three countries. But yeah. besides those countries, we can punch out the UK in like a fucking 15-minute drive. It's not big at all
1: yeah <laughs> and now are you planning on uh, doing any mountain climbing too I think last time we talked that Hold was on. Be- oh wow okay
0: so we'll be going to climbing the highest mountains of each country as we're going and then getting stories from in between oh and yeah. then the third trip we're going to Netherlands Belgium Germany Luxembourg probably Portugal Spain um I'm missing stuff but kind of like the third trip we've got about a two to three week area not planned yet just so we can go like what do we miss what do we wish we could see better yeah um
1: man it's gonna be cool
0: huge it's a a big endeavor but it's gonna be a lot of fun
1: absolutely cool
0: and the next week i go to indonesia
1: oh what's happening down there
0: well it's a a bit of a trial run we're all going to catch up we're going to go climb a volcano uh so i want to live stream oh by the way this is all live streamed um I want to climb a volcano next. It'll be literally the end of next week we go there. Should be climbing a volcano. um, And then we'll have about three days of live streaming through the markets and in the cultural sites. Um, But it's more just an opportunity for us to really figure out what equipment we're taking. Yeah. And just get everything ready to go
1: now did you ever think you know from that first time you hit that go live button your life would bring you to this path now where you could do some of this really cool shit
0: um so when i first clicked go live my goal was make friends was the first thing i wanted to do because i was very lonely after leaving the army yeah. um didn't have a lot of friends where i lived well I had no friends where i lived and uh most of my friends that played video games didn't play video games anymore so the first objective was to make friends. Made a lot of friends, big tick there. Um, and then the second objective was to try and build a following for my Europe trip. Because I was always doing the Europe trip.
1: Oh, okay. Um,
0: and I was like, if I got the 20,000 followers, I think that'd be a pretty good goal. You know, I've got three years.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, uh, when I went to Europe, I had, I think, 800,000. So. It's
1: amazing. And now, speaking of before you went live, so you, you served in the military. That was your uh, – how many years did you do that?
0: Eight. A little bit over eight years.
1: Yeah. And then prior to the military, I think you – were you fire in the fire department?
0: No. After I left the military, I, I joined up as a firefighter. There's okay. Depending on where you are, there's um, there's full-time firefighters and there's what's called part-time. There's yeah. also volunteer. It's different to volunteer. Part-time, you still get paid, and you're part of the Metropolitan Fire Service. Um, but – uh so you, you're held to a different standard but the you're not needed there because the, we service like an area of maybe like three or four thousand people but yeah. it's enough to need a dedicated fire service but not so much that um you know you need uh you know someone there 24 7 so
1: yeah
0: uh i did that part-time whilst i started my streaming career
1: Now, from a video game standpoint, where did video games start for you? Like, you know, late in your teens, or was it like, you know, early years?
0: I I grew up as a kid playing video games, but it was more like I don't know, like I played like stuff from Atari to Commodore sixty four, yeah, Sega Mega Systems, like the old school ones. Um, But it didn't really take off. I remember the first computer game I played was Total Annihilation. Yes. Um, and then it, like that got me into RTS games and then it really got up, it, I really got into it with Half-Life. Half-Life yeah. was where my, I got fully into like being addicted to video games. Yeah. Um, but then I also played a lot of console games. So, you know, from the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, I'd never played an, I never owned an N64, yeah. but a, uh, a PlayStation one, holy shit, I played like so many games that, <laughs> Might might have been helpful that a mate had a uh, little CD-ROM burner. Oh, and, nice! Uh, but, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but but I played a lot of I played a lot of PlayStation games.
1: Yeah, nice. Speaking of um, Total Annihilation, I just was reading yesterday. There's a new version coming, or some freeware version coming that looks amazing. So that one had a special, well, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. That, that it, to me it was just one of those games that was like I, I never played against players, obviously, because yeah, there was no internet back then. Or if right. it was it was just by the elite, I guess. But yeah, um, they played. They had Supreme Commander that came out after it. Yeah. For me, that was uh, those two games I played a lot, a lot.
1: Yeah, nice. And over the years, what were the games that really stuck out for you? Half Life, one of your favorites.
0: I played Half Life probably more than any game until Tarkov. Yeah. Um, because it was one of those games that you all your mates would bring their computers around and you could all play all yeah. night, and then nice. once. Internet got good enough. Like, I had, like, a 200 ping, but um, on dial-up. But, like, I played that game so much online. Yeah. And then uh, Counter-Strike got on the scene. But I played all the mods. So Half-Life yeah. includes, like, Day Defeat. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, was it? What was the one where was uh, Natural Selection, Team Fortress? Impressive. It was so many. I, I, I can't think of them all. You got me on the spot. Like, all those <laughs> mods I played. And then, obviously, Counter-Strike. Counter Strike, I used to play against bots by myself. Yeah, so much. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then the normal like the local tournaments started happening. Yeah, I don't have them out at the moment because I'm still starting to set up this house. But I've got all the local tournaments. So I've got like um, medallions yeah. and winning all the tournaments and oh, stuff. Nice. Um, it was actually this really cool one. I I spoke about this somewhere, and they actually contacted me. Like one of the guys that had watch my stream or a video or something yeah There was this there was this land party called the pov smash up they were, they were the prisoners of violence
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh the pov of smash land and it, it was if you won the tournament the, the prize was they got an old crt monitor It was yeah. just the old big brick monitors right and yeah. then they had a sledgehammer <laughs> and you could the winner got to smash the crt monitor with a sledgehammer and i shit you not hitting that with a sledgehammer is the bassiest sound it's so cool
1: yeah, but like we're sealed and it's a vacuum tube and yeah, big old pop.
0: But the thing was, like, this is before like OHNS existed, right? Like, yeah. So like we're like kids. Like I was like 14, <laughs> 15 years old when I'm winning these tournaments, and like you'd smash it in glass, it'd be going everywhere. We'd be doing it on a school oval at night time, like no lighting, no good lighting. It was just yeah, it was pretty funny. Oh my lord.
1: And now, you know, when it comes to the streaming, what were the first few games you started to stream?
0: I've only really streamed Tarkov from the start. I started playing Tarkov with streaming. So, like, it was, it was, uh... I bought Tarkov in June 2017. I was like, oh, this is too expensive. I'm not going to buy the EOD. Because before June 2017, you had to have EOD to play it. Like, there was just no way. And I was like, $140, US that's like 230 Australian. There's no way I'm spending that kind of money on a, on a, on Tarkov. Yeah. Um particularly when, like, you, you had no real footage of what it was like. I remember right. popping into someone's stream, but it was like – this is before I even really knew what Twitch was. Yeah. Um, But then I I, uh, I went away with the army. For my last, like, two months, I went overseas and, and translated, and uh, I came back a civilian, literally, like, on the plane. I was like, I'm a civilian now. I shouldn't be on this plane anymore. <laughs> um, and uh, I get back, and we, I moved out to the country, and I was like, all right, I'm going to play this game, and I'm going to try – um, I'm gonna try to play Tarkov. That was the first yep. time I played Tarkov. Oh
1: man! Now, how did you find the game? What was your path to the game? Was it you know some friends or just some videos you saw?
0: I don't remember. Someone in someone in the army told me about the game because everyone was really really keen on PUBG at the time. Yeah, and they're like, oh, you should check out this game. This game from Tarkov. I got no idea who it was. I got a feeling I know who it was, um, but so that's not true. I do I do have an idea that of who it could be. Um, But I remember just checking it out and going, oh, I'll just think about that.
1: Yeah. And now what... In in the end, what was the thing that uh, Tarkov had that hooked you into it?
0: Everything... Okay, at the very start, it reminded me of Half-Life. Yeah. So if you ever played Factory back in the day, it was very fast-paced. Like, it was... And it wasn't like you died in the first bullet. There was no head... There was no face hitbox. So if someone was wearing a kiva, which was the best helmet in the game... Um, if someone was wearing a, a kiva and you shot them in the face, they didn't die in one bullet. So you'd be running around factory and uh, you'd hear them and you'd try and flank them. It was very positional based and, and tactical. So yeah. I love the fact of that. It was like, I'm not a huge gun that, like I love shooting guns and, and all that kind of stuff, but the optimization, sorry, the customization of guns wasn't really the big draw to me. It was the actual, um, the combat. So yeah. then I, I got, I played, because it was when i started playing there was factory custom shoreline and woods woods was nothing like it is now it was half yeah. the size even the lumber mill looked not, uh, totally different shoreline was half the map there was no resort everything oh, wow. everything to the, to the tunnel side of resort yeah. was pretty similar like you had the cottages and the swamp area and the village that was it that was the whole shoreline and down to the pier the extracts yeah. were the pier and the tunnel uh, the, the 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 bunker near the tank Um, That was the whole shoreline. Yeah. And um, customs was extremely narrow. Like, there was no um, boiler... The the whole boiler side was a lot smaller. There was no, um, you know, stronghold. Even the skeleton building in the middle of the map, that was never there. Um,
1: Even that northeast corner was sort of shut. You couldn't go up there either.
0: At hillside, there was none of that either. So there was actually a point where... At New Gas, that bridge was the only place you could cross to get to the other side of the map. Yeah. So what I would end up doing is spending half my map, half my rate, in that area, because everyone had to pass it to extract. So you would literally yeah. fight every player that came through the map. It was it was a totally different game um, back then because it was yeah. it was it was very uh, PvP oriented because it was just so narrow and there wasn't that much gear to pick from like yeah. hey you've got a kiva and a and a fort armor which is the 6B43 now that was all yeah. the older, that was the best gear in the game um until they started adding the fast mt i think was the next helmet um so it was like back then it was just all about combat and moving around and positioning it was a lot of fun
1: yeah and now you know, if if somebody's getting into the game today how what kind of advice would you give them how would they how should they approach
0: Tarkov probably don't look at streamers and say oh, I should be able to play like that that would be the worst thing to do yeah. he, the, Tarkov is one of those games where you'll get what out of it what you want you know in, a, in a respective uh you go into a game appreciate the highs with the lows so mm-hmm. sometimes you're going to go into a raid and you'll find flash drive and that will be the coolest feeling like oh my god I got the flash drive I have got to get out and then your heart's right racing and you're yep. like, I gotta get it out of this raid. I gotta get it out of this raid. I gotta get it out of this raid. and and that is like the most, um, that is like an exciting experience, and then you'll die. Yeah. And you're like, so you got a really high high, followed by a low. Yes. Most games don't give you anything. Like most games you'll play, and you'll sit there and like, you know, and it's like, well, at least you got to feel something during this fucking game. And right. I think that's probably one of the things. That's really uh, important about Tarkov. Like, if you if you want like hard advice, like ammo is more important than the gun. Uh, you know, every everyone dies. You know, just like understand that everyone dies in Tarkov, yeah. and knowledge is more important than fucking being able to click heads in Tarkov. Yeah. But, um, but in all seriousness, like you don't play video games to. Or most people don't play video games to be the world's best. Like if they do in Tarkov, you're never going to be there because it's just not possible um because there's no way to to determine that but with but with talk of it gives you a lot of feeling in my opinion just appreciate the highs with the lows and and the first time that you kill um the first time you kill a geared player uh you'll have that excitement like oh my god i just killed a geared player and then you go to that person you go to loot them and you're like holy fuck what is this gear i've never seen this gear this is insane and you're you just you're excited you're exhilarated you you know all those great feelings you don't get that normally in other video games no. and um Tarkov's the best at replicating that kind of feeling the 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 problem is it's like chasing the fucking dragon right like for for someone like me like I think I just about hit 10,000 hours streamed to Tarkov yeah
1: um
0: and that's not including all the stuff I've done off stream um for me to get that same feeling Something pretty crazy has to happen. Like I have to, I have to find a couple of really important items and get attacked by players, and you know have a near death experience. Whilst also there's an earthquake happening at my house, just to like <laughs> even feel a sense of like you know yeah. sensation.
1: That's what I was just going to ask you. After the, you know thousands of hours you have into this, you know, do, do your does your heartbeat get up there? Does the adrenaline? Does the pucker factor happen anymore? Or you just need a whole bunch of things now?
0: Um, not a lot. Oh, I, I generally have my most enjoyable experiences now from VoIP. Yeah. Um, literally the game itself, I, I, this wipe. I've been very frustrated at Scabs, but, um, (laughs) in general, like, I don't really get those same sensations because I've played it so much, I'm desensitized to it. And that's just a natural uh, outcome of playing a video game so much. Uh, And if there's people out there after 10,000 hours that can that are like screaming with excitement. Good on him. I, I, I envy you. Uh, but for me, it's like, if I have a really cool interaction, that's makes my day. Yeah. You know, like if I, if I, I, I don't know, like I shot at someone yesterday or the day before and he, cause I, I said, Hey man, I'm just trying to get something done. And, and, and he's, and he killed the scav near me. And I wasn't sure if he's going to shoot at me or not. So he, he, he poked his head out and I shot at him and he screamed at me like, you fucking piece of shit. Like, you know, like, <laughs> Oh, you actually said ceasefire, and, and I'm like, sorry, and then I'm like, I'm running. It's like, get back here, and and like to me, that is like a hundred times more exciting to me now than yeah. if I killed the guy straight without even talking. You yeah. know, like if I just went and then he, I killed him, or you know, like he, you know, kills me or whatever. Like, yeah. I just don't feel any excitement from that anymore. Um, if I'm getting swarmed by a squad, it still gets some excitement, but you, you yeah. get the point. Like, it's. Yeah voip should be in every video game in my opinion if it can if it's suitable if that yeah. makes sense like right?
1: yeah when voip was announced there was a lot of people were nervous about it but it has ex, you know just uh accelerated the excitement and added so much to the to the game
0: yeah i honestly think um i think it should have been in the game sooner yeah okay I, 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 like Go watch a YouTube video or a highlight of, of anything, and if there's no VoIP involved, you've already seen it. If there's yeah. anything, like, you've... In Tarkov, it's pretty much now at the point where it's like, I've already seen something like this.
1: Yeah. But then you add the VoIP, the, the VoIP interaction. It's like, that changes any every video now.
0: Yeah, it does. It really does. Yeah.
1: And now, so when you approach, you know, wipes, what is your wipe strategy? Do you go questing? Do you just look for the new stuff?
0: So, um, back in like 2018 to like 2019, I was all about get to everything done as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, in 2019, I think it was when reserve came out, I think it was October, 2019. and um, when reserve came out, my, I didn't even play reserve until I had max traders like, and I did it pretty quick. It took me about a day or two, Yeah, but I was like, get my stuff done, then focus on the new content. Um, and that was like, just, I used, I, I loved the, he's played a lot of Path of Exile before Tarkov as well. Even at the early days, of Tarkov still played it off stream. Um, and they got like speed running events and, and all that kind of stuff. So I actually really enjoy not even, it's not about beating other people. It's, it's about doing the game as efficiently as possible myself.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so generally it's just racing myself. I used to do on stream, I used to race myself to see how fast I could get Max Trader's. I think the fastest I ever did was 12 hours and 20 minutes with assistance. Oh, my God. And I God. think 17 hours without. Um, so, and I'm tempted to do it again. I'm, yeah. I'm very tempted to do it again with assistance just to see how fast um, with all the newest changes. Yeah. But um, it was never about beating other people.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, it was all just about me seeing if I could do it, like getting to 40 in one stream, you know, and that was like, really hard back in the day there wasn't that many quests um but yeah so now uh the most recent wipe i did one raid of woods to get um jaeger unlocked and then i did the first 80 80 raids on streets and i just explored it i looked at every building had a heap of fun the only reason i stopped doing streets around the 80 raid mark was um my prepper wouldn't level up because uh I did the pistol kill quest, I think it was. And it, it reduced my rep with Prapper and it wouldn't go to the next level. Oh And shoot. I wanted I wanted the um I wanted to be able to use Prapper on the next level. So I think I did a couple of Prapper quests real quick and then got back on the streets for another probably 30 raids or 40 raids before I got on with um other quests.
1: Yeah. Okay. And now overall, what's your thoughts on this new patch? On streets? and you know everything
0: there's a half an hour rant video if you're (laughs) really interested (laughs) i i I remember recording the video and i looked at the fucking time and i'm like holy shit i've been ranting for half an hour um (laughs) i think the first like nine minutes of the video is the positives and there's like 20 minutes of just ranting yeah um look all the new content is great content wise they hit the mark 100 the the issues are obvious with stuff like um, you know the lag, rubber banding, and desync of streets.
1: Yeah.
0: The sound is so confusing now. It's impossible to tell. When I hear sound now, I go, "Yep, someone's here." Yeah. <laughs> that is all. It's really the <laughs> only gauge you've got. And then, um, and then the scavs have done something. To the scavs and they just, if you're not, you, you have to pay attention now to a scav. It's no longer just, oh, that's a scav over there. I'll just go and kill him. It's like, right. that's a scaver over there. I'm going to hide behind this cover, slow peek out and take a well-aimed shot. Otherwise, I'm fucking losing my armor or dying here. Yeah. Um, so, and I don't agree with that at all. So, for example, I, I spoke in my video, but there's like a, a, a scale of like AI in the game. Like the bosses boss is right on the far end of the spectrum. We're right. being like a killer. Like you see killer, you're like in the fucking, I've got to bring my A game. Seeing a scab should not be like, "Oh, I'm about to fight a fucking killer. I need to bring my A game." Obviously, you should give a fuck, but not in that. So, the the idea I've got, or my my thoughts about scabs and Tarkov should really be both based around. Um, they should be giving away your position. They should be uh, an inconvenience, not mm-hmm. a massive threat. So, like, if I'm running past and a scab sees me and he shoots at me, the first half a dozen shots should just miss, like, right. or or at least like maim at most. Because the um, the idea is it gives away my position to other players, so then it incites more PVP. Yeah. If I see a raider or a goon, different story. Those ones should fuck up. They fuck me up straight away. They should be like, "Holy shit, that's a raider or a goon. I need to get get a cover and run or fight them." You know, like. uh, And the um, and the, I think a perfect example that happened. I think yesterday or the day before, I bumped into a player. We had an, like an engagement. I was talking, where I ran. I was like, nah, I, I can't take this guy on." I start running away, and then I walk around a corner and I hear a scapegoat. like, you know, you know, like says he said a word. I can't remember yeah. what fucking like, word it was, and then instantly killed me. Like it was like a double PS round of the chest, yeah. and it was like, "Hang on, this player was chasing me. I'm now this whole scenario has been ruined by just a, a random scab that was on the map that instantly beamed me." and it's like uh it's just it breaks it breaks what could have been a really great experience into just frustration
1: yeah it breaks that immersion that you that tarkov brings so well
0: yeah Yeah. like they're, they're they're dialed in way too much like another thing that happened yesterday was like i was on lighthouse i was on the way to the extract um and the guy in the 50 cal, the AI on the 50 cal, shot me through the fuel tanker. Yeah, like you could see the sparks coming through the fuel tanker as he shot me. And it's like, what the fuck? Like that's not. It's just stupid. Like it's yeah. Um, so whilst I, I've ranted very hard, even just here, but <laughs> overall the content side of things are great. I loved how they implemented the hideout. The hideout yeah. um, with the wall. They didn't just mm-hmm. make it say, hey, just upgrade your fucking out, you'll have the gym, all sweet, you know, yada, yada, yada. No, they made it like a bit of an event. Like, oh, there's like a whispering wall, and it's like seeping out moisture onto the floor, yeah. and what what is going on here? Like, we all kind of guessed it would be the gym right. one there. But, you know, you never know. It could be a dead body. Just like, you don't you know. know, yeah. You just don't know. Um, but like a new player or someone who doesn't keep up to date with all the latest information yeah. would be like, what the fuck is this wall? <laughs> um, so... Yeah, you know, like I think that's really uh, a really cool way of implementing a, a new part of the game, and I mm-hmm. like the fact that they made it so there's enough room to put more stuff in there. Um, yeah. The the firing range, awesome addition. Have you seen it at level two and three yet? No, I haven't. Okay, so the firing range at level two has um, like you know your paper targets that you can yeah. bring in and out. Yeah, so they got the paper targets, and you can oh, like cool. shoot them, and you can reset them. You can uh, there'll be at different distances. They've got little computer monitors that you can watch the far distance targets. It's actually oh, really cool. Yeah, and then um, at level three, it's the full fucking like pop up system. You can oh, have like no a, where a, it, it moves stuff around. It's actually yeah. really well done. Um, probably better than I've seen in most games. Yeah, and. Uh, it's got like a scoring system in that if you want to do like the scoring system but at least with the uh, if you just want to try out some guns yeah. Or it's a really great way of practicing your hip fire without yeah. um, or point fire if you don't want to use a laser and stuff mm-hmm. and people are like how do I get better at, at, at uh, hip fire point firing pop up targets is a great scenario because that way literally as they're popping up you can like turn, You're shoot, ruined. shoot, shoot and there's even got ones uh, that are like, the paper one standing up top. So, really, really good way of um, practicing your point firing. So, I think that's going to be... Or it is an, a massive adi- a great addition yeah. to the game. Um, treats, best map in the game. Um, the only reason I don't see it overwhelmed by, by the, the nasty cheetah boys is yeah. the fact that the loot's not the greatest. But at the moment, that's kind of good. <laughs> it gives me an opportunity to explore. Right,
1: yeah. Absolutely. By oh, saying
0: the loot's not the greatest, there's still plenty of loot on the map. It's just... Barter trade items, food, weapon crates. You've got to actually search for it. It's yeah. not just run to this point and grab all this high-tier loot.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not like farming labs or anything like that. You've got to explore. Correct. Right. Yeah. Right. Nice. And now, you know, First, your first few runs, your first few raids, how do you, what, are you grabbing the M4 and you're just going in and, or do you, you know, what is your start starting loadout for the first couple of
0: runs? I went bare and I pretty much just pressed ready. I think I think <laughs> I just made sure I had all my meds and then I just yeah. pretty much went ready.
1: Yeah. That's nice. Oh man. So I, I, back- yeah. I
0: don't, I don't think I did anything different, because yeah. I just wanted to get in there. Like, you know, right. It's exciting. <laughs> what <a bad> <laughs>
1: yeah. Everybody was pumped up for streets and we probably saw a lot of, you know, old people return to just see what, what it was, what the excitement was going to be. Pretty much. Yeah. Now back to streaming for a little bit, you know, so you, you, Made, you went live to make friends and whatnot. So over the, the months and whatnot, you saw your viewership grow and, and whatnot. How was that first time you got rated? Your numbers went from X to triple X. Like, you know, how, were you prepared for that growth or it was just
0: like? um, Before I had partner, my biggest host was about 40 people. Yeah. I I, I grinded. I grinded really hard. I made, I made a YouTube video every day, five yeah. days a week. Oh, sorry, for, I made a YouTube video for five days a week and I streamed eight hours a day, pretty much every day. And I constantly, best thing you can do if you're a content creator out there, get a notebook and pen, put it down next to your fucking desk where you can reach while you're streaming. And if anyone has any actual constructive criticism, put the fucking note down and work on it later. I on, honestly, I just, after every stream, I just kept trying to improve stuff. Hey, your green screen's flickering a little bit. Like, see how my arm will, like, disappear yeah. here. Because I'm just using the, the Zoom background right. drop. But, like, you know, I would make sure that's fixed for the next one. Or, you know, like, anything you could improve, always try to improve. Treat it yeah. like a business, you know? But, yeah, um, I think the biggest host that I can remember early on, I, I'm only guessing, I know Clean and that hosted me a few times early, or, or Smoke, um, like I'm saying when I had a couple of hundred viewers at this point. Yeah. But the uh the mem- i remember the biggest one was shroud which would have been around 2018 yeah 2019 and i and shroud host me about ten thousand. Cool. and uh one of the things i can give you as advice if if i or someone that's got sizable numbers raids you um first thing you should do is get into a raid the very yeah. first thing they don't want to see you sitting on a menu saying thank you um so what I did was I was literally putting my loadout on, and I, I rushed the rest of the loadout, and I just fla- slapped into into labs. Yeah. And I got into labs, and I, I shit you not, it was like, have you seen old school with Will Ferrell? Yes. So you know how it's like, um, he's doing the debate, and he's like, <laughs> switches, like goes into a different state of humanity, yeah. and then he just like rifles off a heap of things for the debate. That was right. me on labs that raid. I I literally was running around with like an MP7 killed all the players, killed all the raiders, all in the first like five minutes. And everyone was just like, what did I just see? Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm confident there's probably still people that are following me from that day because <laughs> I actually showed them what I was capable of and yeah. I showed them some cool stuff. Nice. Um, so cool. that's probably the best thing that you can do if you get a big raid is get into a raid, talk the whole time, explain who you are and what's going on and where you're up to and all that stuff. But don't just sit there and say, thank you for the followers, thank you for the... like." be courteous to the host yeah. hey thanks for the right hope an amazing stream yada 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 get into it right
1: yeah so two things the twitch partner when you're here your twitch partner story but first so you're starting out uh fresh today your first time going live how would you approach it today versus back then any different or knowing what you know focus more on the youtube side of things shorts what what would your strategy be
0: do you know the content creator mr given yes probably him i do yeah. exactly what he did Grinding out on Twitch is not the strategy now. There is no way that that would be the strategy. Um, probably something about, I would honestly say something along the lines of focusing on shorts to just get your, get some content out there that's actually going to get views. Because like you put out a YouTube video, unless it's something that no one's seen before, no one's really going to click it. No one cares about your opinion unless you're known. Um, there's, there's YouTube videos guides out there way better than mine. People still click mine because they know who I am right um then yeah so i would say the shorter format content is way better um at this moment for discoverability and then the hardest part is transitioning that into actual um you know like a actual community i think uh i can't remember where i was i think it was an interview with mr beast's manager but um the issue a lot of the tiktok creators are having is they'll have you know like Three million followers on TikTok, but then no one will actually be following them as a community member. So they'll do a like a merch drop or something like that, and no one will actually buy it or oh, okay. anything like that. So yeah,
1: all right. And now your Twitch partner story. How did you? You know, when did you find out? And you know, yeah, I guess how did you find out? What was the story?
0: One more one more comment. Cause I feel like it reiterates to you, and I think you could actually benefit from this. You don't have to take the advice. But like even if you're doing a podcast, like you should be putting out shorts. Yeah. Like, I'm not a big fan of like you know just oh shorts. is the way. It, there there is other ways, but you've already got the content. You just got to get a couple of snippets, put it out as a short. Exactly. YouTube's done a really good job now that separates shorts on the feed from from uh, from the main thing. So it's like why not? Yeah. Um. You know. So.
1: Yeah. Actually, uh, I I I took that advice. You know, when you guys were on the team, were on the pod, I had Slush Puppy. And you never know what you're going to get when you talk to slush, and he was talking about killing mm. kangaroos, and I took that and threw it up there, and yeah you're it's it's amazing because like you said, you have all this content, and you can just slice it up
0: exactly, and it's already there like you yep. it's not as much extra work you're already in the editing lab, cutting it all up anyway um sorry question uh twitch partner
1: yeah, your twitch partner sorry what's
0: uh what ended up happening was I grinded to the numbers required, which was 75 concurrent and uh, I don't know, a certain amount of hours stream or something? I don't even remember. Yeah. Pretty much 75 concurrent was the main one. And then I applied, but my actual application got lost in the mail. Oh, no way. Because what happened was Twitch had like, um, Twitch had like restructured their Backend servers from the old Justin TV yeah. to Twitch because Twitch used to be called Justin TV mm-hmm. um, before Twitch. Um, and so what happened was I applied, heard nothing for a week or two, then Slush applied, Slush got partner. I was sitting there like, well, I haven't even heard back. And then Slush got an email that had my name in it saying, oh, Welcome, no like new partners. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Oh, jeez righto and then and then so uh i got a message from someone it's the twitch he, he was the twitch manager fan said he goes i'll oh, check your dashboard and it was like congratulations you've been invited to the Twitch nice. partner program and so yeah. it was cool but yeah that's um cool. it, that was the day i got partnered. i think it was like may 2018 it took me yeah. about four months of taking the taking streaming seriously
1: yeah nice all right so i want to talk something something that's really cool and special about i think what bsg and the tarkov community brings to the table and it's a charity you know if we look back to when you got that you know, that that amazing december i think it was two or three years ago you you know your views exploded and you were doing your charity for starlight first of all what is the starlight charity
0: the Our children's foundation australia is a children's charity that um they help seriously ill ki- seriously ill kids just be kids so for example if you're in a hospital you're really sick um they'll have uh opportunities for the kids to actually enjoy their time as a, as a child in the hospital. So, got Starlight Express rooms, it's pretty much like a games room that kids go to. They're really, really well set up arts and crafts, music. Um, and then they've got video games and stuff in there too. And they also got, um, Starlight captains. They're like the jesters of the hospital. And if the kid's too sick to go to the, to the room, the jesters will go up to the, the actual kids. And so then they keep the kids uh, laughing in that. And it, the stories I've heard are amazing. There's yeah. it's one charity I 100% could back without any doubt. And I've put, I think I've donated over $50,000 my own money. Um, Actually, probably more now. And uh, just really great. Like, give me one sec.
1: Yep.
0: We even went out of our way to... was uh, oh,
1: the firefighter uh, candle uh, calendars.
0: We've got the firefighter <laughs> calendars here. They're all... i got I've got them to go out in the mail. I've got a couple to go out in the mail. Nice. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, the web the link's taken down now. We took it down at the end of the year, but you know, like I, I like making money for this for this charity. They got really low admin fees. Uh, I think they got it down to under four percent or three percent. Yeah, administration fees, which is fucking awesome. Like those charities out there, at one point were getting like outed for doing eighteen percent. You know, holy like
1: holy crap! Yeah, that's a business. Um, but, that's not a charity.
0: Yeah, pretty much. So, and it's now, just overall- great to see.
1: Overall, how much have you raised, your community raised since, you know, since, you know, taking that charity under your wing?
0: Um, In Australian dollars, I think we're around 1.8 million. I think in U.S. that's probably about 1.2. Yeah. Well, depending on the conversion rate at the time. Right. Probably at 1.1 to 1.2 U.S., which is incredible.
1: It is absolutely incredible, you know, gamers, you know, from Twitch and streaming, and I think this comes back to what you know our community, the Tarakov community has. It doesn't matter if you're S tier or just starting out; you've got everybody who's doing some sort of charity, and it's just so cool to see. And it's yeah, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, um, it it really is amazing, and and I, and I love th- I love to see it. I I, it, I know this isn't meant to be like an advice thing, and, and people don't want advice, but I always feel like the best way to to raise as much money as possible for charity. Is uh not do them as often and try and try and um, pick one. Yeah. Pick one and learn everything about it. Because you asked me a question about Starlight and I pretty much know the answer about it because I've met the you know the head of Starlight multiple times. She's lovely. Yeah. Um I, I've spoken to multiple Starlight captains, the the administration team behind the doors, like the closed doors that you'd never even see. I've yeah. been to the fucking Starlight Express room. Like I've I I know this stuff. So when someone goes, oh, why should I donate? I can tell you why.
1: Yeah.
0: And I and I and I believe in the in the cause. And this is before I even had a child. Now I've got a child. Like I couldn't have. I always thought like, imagine going through some sort of shit time. Like we've all done it. Mm-hmm. We've all gone through something really fucking shitty in life. Now imagine doing that as a child whilst yeah. you're like, getting chemo. Yeah. You're like fuck that. Like that's something I couldn't imagine. If that like if that happens to my daughter. Yeah. I would want her to at least try and be a child at some time. Yeah, absolutely. Time.
1: Yeah, it's amazing how your life changes when you leave that hospital for the first time, and you look in the back seat, and there's this baby. It's like there's no user manual. Everything you, you know, how you watch the news, it just changes everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I always, this is this is my kind of perspective. I was like, some people out there that probably got away with raising kids that if they could do it, I could do it. You know. Like, <laughs>
1: oh so to the charity aspect you know one final piece do you do you think nikita or bsg understands of how many people they've affected because of you know this game that they've created and and all the money and the the careers you know that come from you know what has been created
0: i don't think bsg would have actually honestly thought initially that their game would impact so many people's lives like i think my interview with nikita was back in 2019 or 2018 when the first interview i had where i actually asked him about who he was where he came from how it got to where he was yeah and i think it started as a very small group of guys that just wanted to make this great game and it got yeah. to where it is now i don't think the kid would have honestly sat back down that sat down back then and gone oh you know we're gonna try and reach like have millions of people that have you know bought the game and you know change the lives and set up people's lives through content creation and you know like yeah. there's times where I know when a kid is really excited to see our reactions yeah. and how the community takes, like, um, you know, like the the night where the, they, uh, there was a Twitter post, of, they zoomed in on my head, and uh, they were watching me. Like they were all sitting there just watching it, having a beer and or yeah. vodka and enjoying their time. You know, like that's the the fruit of their labor and sitting back and and enjoying that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I still remember that night that or that you know day the drops happened and you hit a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand and chat was yelling at you to run commercials. It was just such a cool experience.
0: Yeah, that was uh the twenty nineteen drops. I think yeah. I actually set a trend across uh Twitch with that one. Yeah. So was cool. I was like, You farm me for drops, I'll farm you for for ad <laughs> revenue. And um it wasn't as much money as I thought it would be. Yeah. I think I ended up telling people how much it was. I think it was about sixteen thousand dollars I made.
1: Yeah.
0: Um but it, it was, for me at that point, that was like, I remember, it was it was a large chunk of that monthly's revenue, Yeah. you know? And uh, that was like a holy shit moment, you know?
1: And Pess, we're coming to the end of uh, our interview here. First of all, thank you so much for doing this. Really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. And- it's my pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, and any uh, anything you want to give a shout out to that you know people should check out soon? Any new video coming? You know, we got the Euro- European road trip happening. Will there be tour t-shirts?
0: I don't have socials for the new the new content yet. Um, but if you are in Europe, keep an eye out because we will be going to nearly every country. And if you want to catch up, there'll be opportunities. Um, the main thing I would say is um, that the work that I'm going to put in this year isn't going to be very much primarily. Tarkov focus but it's going to be based around uh living life to the fullest and enjoying every moment that we've got so for me this is more of a a gift to myself than, yeah. than to you guys <laughs> um but hopefully you guys enjoy the journey because i'm going to be doing a lot of fun stuff i'm going to be live streaming a lot of random shit like there's going to be times where i'm going to be you know driving a car middle of the night and there'll be a live stream going on in the background Where, like, he's just like, I wish we were fucking there yet. I'm so over this shit. Or, like, you know, we'll be climbing a mountain or a volcano or whatever it's doing. And it's just about us just going on a journey. You know, like, kind of like fellowship rings, you know? (laughs)
1: Yeah. But
0: we don't have a Mordor. We don't have a ring. Well, we got rings, but, you know, like, not not the kind to drop into a lava pit. Anyway, moving on.
1: Anyway, all right. So, thank you for doing this. Now, um, at the end of my podcast, I ask the guests to shout out somebody that they uh, want to throw under the bus or somebody they recommend to coming on the podcast. Who are you throwing out there?
0: Um, you've done BK? No, I haven't. BK.
1: Okay, there we go. We'll get her on. All right, Pess, have a great, uh, great rest of your. Well, I guess you got a long day ahead of you. Thank you so much for yep. doing this, and thank you for BSG for uh, for letting us use this platform.
0: All right. Thank you, BSG. See hey, you guys. I'm still All playing on right. you guys on my, my stream. Just saying. <laughs>